0: Well, here we are after a big weekend of football in the FA Cup third round. We've seen some expected results, some big shocks, and everyone fell in love with Marine. What a weekend of football it's been! I'm with my co-host Dan Newton. Hello. And reveling in the magic of the FA Cup, or are we? Because that's what we're going to discuss first off. Dan, is the FA Cup magic? Of course, we saw some big results, as we say, some big upsets uh, with. Most notably, Crawley beating Leeds three nil. First of all, do you think the FA Cup's magic, or do you think it's lost a little bit of its sheen?
1: Uh, you know, I think it's still still got some magic to it. You know, as someone who supports a team that's not in the Premier League, it's definitely exciting when you know you get to play a team that is in a much higher division that's much more well known than you. So I think from that perspective, it still is. You know, wins for Crawley against Leeds are fantastic. And, really, you know, really great to watch. So I think, you know, it does have a little bit of magic still, maybe not as much as it used to, but I still always look forward to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, your team, Plymouth Argyle, of course, beat Huddersfield Town 3-2, and they're separated by a division, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a weird game because Huddersfield basically played their under-23s. So even though we were a division below, we were kind of the favourites. Um, it was still a good game and we deserved to go through and. Hopefully, we get to play, you know, Liverpool or Man United in the next round.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, certainly be interesting. Our goal, having recently, you know, in the last sort of five seasons, actually been in the FA Cup or was League Cup against Liverpool already.
1: Yeah, I think three or four years ago, um, yeah. in the third round of the FA Cup, we managed to hold beat, Liverpool uh, hold to Liverpool it. to a 0-0 at Anfield and then uh, lost 1-0 in the replay.
0: Yeah, and certainly had chances, I can remember I think it was a Graham Carey Wonder Strike almost beating Liverpool keeper.
1: Yeah. There was a Jake Jervis bicycle kick that hit the post, which would've yeah. been great. But thinking about it, you know, from this season where there's no um no replays or anything, um if we had that nil at Anfield again then we could have ended up beating Liverpool on penalties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and do you think that would have been preferable as opposed to obviously in historically and supporting a lower league team. Do you think that a replay is better for a lower league team that perhaps plays away from home? Because then there's uh, extra revenue they can get from gate receipts?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, then, you know, potentially there is. For me, I, you know, I'd rather have the memory of my team beating Liverpool, personally. Um, yeah. But, you know, I definitely get that kind of financial argument.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm going to... Now quickly, just bring back to something you said about the Argyle-Huddersfield game, and I'm going to argue that perhaps the FA Cup, while still magic, still has that magical element to it, perhaps not so much anymore. Um, You know, it's it's certainly lost a bit of its reputation, and as you said about the Huddersfield playing the under-23s, that's why I think it does, because... There's very few managers in top division, sort of Premier League championship sides, now, who, if they come up against a smaller team, they will field a weakened eleven. They'll field, as you say, they're under 23s, or they'll field a lot of rotation players or youth players. Um, the only manager who I noticed who didn't really do it, apart from maybe one or two players, was Mourinho against Marine last night. Um, still showing respect for the competition and the players he's come up against. But I think that I'm really starting to feel that the top end teams, these elite level teams with their massive influx of TV money, sponsorship deals, have such a high level of play in their under under 18s, under 20s, under 23s, that they can field those teams against lower league sides and not really worry. And it, it is, as you say, an upset because their reserves and youths are at that level, thanks to top level coaching
1: yeah no i definitely um get that argument uh i think you know that you we talk about the magic of the FA cup and yeah from that point of view maybe it's not as magical for some of the lower league players but i think for those under 23s and under 18s that a lot of them are making their debuts you know i think for spurs against marine i think they brought someone on who was their youngest ever player or something like that he was very yeah, young
0: 16, 16 year old i believe his name was louis Devine.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Um, and for him, you know, he'll obviously you know remember that for the rest of his life, no matter how his career goes. So I think it, it has like a different kind of magic for those players. You know, I, I I won't keep going on about it, but when you know we played Liverpool at Anfield, I think you know Trent Alexander Arnold plays, and I don't think it was his debut, but he was before he was a starter, So it's kind of interesting to kind of go into that game and see these young players that have gone on to, you know, win Champions Leagues and Premier League titles and kind of see them in their early days. So I think it has like a different element of magic to it. Like I said, I, I still do, I still think it's, you know, one of the best cup competitions in the world. But it's just kind of changed yeah. as time's progressed.
0: Do you think that difference in magic and that change that you mentioned, is that because of the money that's coming into the top levels of football? Is that just it just it's sort of almost aging? the format's aging and needs a revamp
1: uh potentially you know i think football's just you know it's fundamentally different to how it was when the fa cup was first you know created obviously it was probably how old is it like it's probably over 100 years old now i guess yeah i
0: think something like close to 125 i think
1: yeah so obviously football's massively different um but again you know i think as things evolve they have to change I think having less replays now has definitely proved it, and I think with all this rotation it's just become you know it, it, it's because that there's so much competitiveness at top flight football that the teams need to be able to rest players when they get the opportunity to you know we yeah. see Ergen Klopp complaining about it every week, although ironically he didn't really rotate against Aston Villas in the twenty threes
0: no he he played a you know if we're going to speak on the how the FA Cup can affect the Premier League teams and you know Arsenal put in a pretty shoddy performance against Newcastle as well um, came away with a 2-0 win in extra time but do you think that the FA Cup can actually impact a team's clubs like their domestic season, the, the league competition because you know a poor performance from any Premier League team can surely make morale dip and then affect how they perform in the league. Do you think that's why maybe some Premier League managers field weakened teams so their top players don't get affected by morale?
1: Potentially, but you know, I think the reverse is true, you know, I think probably the reason Klopp played a pretty strong team is because Liverpool have been out of form and they haven't really been scoring that many goals, so you probably thought, you know, this is the chance for some players to get maybe a bit more confidence back. So I do think it's important from that point of view. And definitely, you know, for the lower league teams, going on a cup run can bring a lot of momentum to your league campaign.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, was there any results that obviously apart from, the, you know, everyone, as we say, supporting Marine, it's a magical journey for them to make it to the third round of the FA Cup to pace Spurs. Um, and then, you know, Argyle beating a team that is a division above them, Crawley beating Leeds. Was there any other results that really stood out to you, like as sort of encapsulating the magic of the FA Cup?
1: Um, I think Blackpool beat West Brom on penalties, which you know, yeah. was obviously a, a great moment for them. Um, you know, Chorley knocking out Derby. Again, that was against their under 18s because of COVID. Um, but yeah. still, for uh, Chorley to get into the fourth round fantastic. And again, I'm sure the money will go a long way for that club.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I've also got a look at perhaps the expected result, but as someone who, despite supporting Liverpool, is Plymouth born and bred, Exeter losing 2-0 to Sheffield Wednesday was a nice result to see, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, I watched the highlights of that game this morning, actually. Um, they actually a little bit unlucky. Um, you know, they missed a lot okay. of chances. I, I, didn't, well, I didn't see the whole game. You know, highlights don't tell the whole story. But um, I definitely watched it. Like they could, they could have scored a couple of goals early on.
0: Yeah. Um. Having watched the third round games, how do you see this panning out? Is there a team that you think they could go on and win this, or do you still think it's anyone's game? Because you know, there's obviously as we say, some shock results. Some teams just you know run of the mill. They're taking their wins. Spurs and City, Chelsea putting four past Morecambe as Kai Havertz has finally found his level.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. It's always hard to say. Obviously, the you know traditional top six will always be up there. I think Tottenham definitely want to win a trophy this year in the League Cup yeah. final already. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kept putting out strong sides. Yeah. Um, I think Liverpool as well will definitely want to win a trophy this year because t- I haven't really done that well in the FA Cup or League Cup since Klopp's been there. Obviously, you know he won the bigger trophies, but I'm sure they'd like to add a couple of those. But um, yeah. outside of those, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say at this point. Still so many rounds to go through.
0: Yeah, so if you had to pick a favourite, if you had to have a dream final of the teams left in the competition at the moment, who, who would you have?
1: I mean, I'd have Plymouth playing surely, to be honest. If I'd have anything after, I'd have us winning, but um, that's, you know, it's unrealistic. If I had to pick final. a team to be favourites...
0: final, anything can happen.
1: Yeah, you never know. Um, no, If I had to pick a favourite at this point, I would probably say Spurs. I just think they'll take it very seriously. and I yeah. think Mourinho is just determined to win a trophy this year.
0: Yeah, and as we were speaking with the magic of the FA Cup, Mourinho, as we say, is probably one of the few managers who shows respect to all competitions he's in you know he, he doesn't play weakened teams rarely you know, maybe the odd one or two through injuries or fitness issues but he rarely feels a weakened team and as you say he's a serial winner so do you think you know it would be good to see Spurs win that I think as you know one of the managers who's showing the competition the respect it deserves and they're playing well
1: yeah and um, I mean Spurs need to win a trophy Um I think mean, they yeah. nearly always win when the year ends at a one. That's like one of those yeah. weird hacks that don't really mean anything, but seem to always be true. So, um, yeah, no, no, I I wouldn't be surprised to see them winning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's let's let's uh, let's talk Spurs and the Marine game. Did you watch the Marine game?
1: Uh, I watched up to I think the first three goals, and then I turned it off because I thought it was pretty much over at that point, and I'd have stuff to do, but. Uh, no, yeah, it, yeah. it was interesting, you know, I think you know, Marine hit the bar early on with a bit of a, a wonder strike, which would have been great yeah. to go in.
0: It would have been fantastic if that goal would have just dipped in just a, a couple of inches lower.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what Joe Hart was doing, but uh, <laughs> he's definitely in trouble.
0: Yeah, um, and technically one of the only games attended by fans as people were able to watch from, uh, the walls from their back gardens. That was, that was nice to see, wasn't it? It was a sort of big cardboard cutout of Jurgen Klopp.
1: Yeah, you know, someone who's been to a lot of um smaller grounds, it's not that unusual. I think you know, Marine took it to the to the extremes with uh, some of the stuff going yeah. on, but uh, no, it's definitely it's good to see. I don't think they're putting anyone in danger. You know, it's always fun, and you can't, I can't really blame them. You know, it's not every day they going to play Spurs, is it?
0: No, I mean they and they didn't they didn't embarrass themselves, did they? They they actually defensively for the first. 25 minutes looked really well organised, and they didn't look, you know, considering that's eight divisions difference, a 160 places below Spurs in terms of the league pyramid. They didn't look, they didn't weren't embarrassed, but by, by the scoreline, I don't think.
1: No, no, I mean they were never expected to win. You know, it's it is always going to be a difficult game, but um, that's how it goes. You know, I think. The only thing you can do is just you know put all the effort in and if you get a goal then great if not then you know it's still a, a great experience for all of them
0: so would would that be part of your argument for the magic of the f a cup then the way that a team like marine can just you know for them that is a game that is a dream game the result doesn't matter is that what you'd encapsulate as part of the magic of the FA Cup
1: yeah definitely I think you know when those players eventually retire that will probably be the pinnacle of their career is the game they played against Spurs yeah they lost like what was it 5-0 in the end but yes still it doesn't matter like they'll always remember that and I think that isn't something that we should overlook when we talk about the FA Cup you know how great a memory that's going to be for those players
0: yeah I mean we have to talk about Carlos Vinicius not because he scored a hat-trick but because he whipped out the sort of the folded arms and the sort of Mbappe celebration, as everyone's referring to it.
1: Yeah, I think he's done it before. Though I think it's something he's done for a number of years now.
0: But doing it after scoring from a yard out against a tier eight team—he's a wanker, isn't
1: he? I quite liked it. I, I, I enjoy that. You know. <laughs> Just take, taking it completely seriously, you know. I think you know showing him good respect, to be honest, you know. I, 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 like, that <laughs> I like that, personally. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, you have to say, it was a, rather, a couple of his goals were rather fortunate. You know, Marine actually, you could argue, got unlucky.
1: Yeah, a little bit, but I think that's the difference, isn't it? In the yeah. quality, you know, the Tottenham players are always going to be the first to those little bounces in the box. You know, that's why they yeah. are where they are, beyond their, obviously, yeah. technical ability.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly the last half hour or so showed the difference in fitness levels, didn't it? That the Spurs players didn't look overly exerted, whereas the Marine players, you know, some of them probably thinking about, fuck, how am I going to get to work in the morning?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully a lot of them had the day off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, in the current situation, you'd think that there's probably not a lot of them going to be in work, but... yeah. See, you know, that's that's uh that's up, the world we live up in. in, the in. Air. Yeah. We also saw a big ticket raffle that they did and the winner would get to manage Marine in a game. Jose Mourinho bought a ticket, he didn't win, but um something like thirty thousand tickets were sold and their target was six hundred.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic for them. You know, it's a real yeah revenue generator even if they couldn't have fans in properly you know i think it's a really clever way of them taking advantage of the situation and you know keeping enough money that's going to ensure that the club's going to be around for a couple of years because you never know at that level anything can happen and you lose a lot of money then you know it's always good to have something in reserve to keep them taking over
0: yeah we certainly see that happen, happening already don't we that something has happened in the pandemic and you know the way that that is affecting um lower league football at the moment and that's certainly part of the magic of the FA Cup, I guess. That, that you know, this team will ho- hopefully touch wood, um survive through the finances brought in by this game.
1: Yeah, hopefully. You know, I, I don't think they're in any danger right now. I haven't read anything, but you know, definitely it'll prevent them from being a risk in the future.
0: So after discussing the magic of the FA Cup and whether or not we think it's magic I think Dan is still firmly in the it's still a magical competition the things it can do for teams and I'm a bit and I I still think despite Dan making some good arguments I think I'm still in the air camp
1: yeah Um, I I think that's maybe you know being someone who supports a lower league team definitely makes it more magical for me
0: yeah because it can it can provide some sort of memories of these big teams I suppose
1: yeah yeah Whereas for everyone else, it's kind of like the normal, you know, playing Liverpool and all that it's every week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the league, we're going to look at predictions for top seven and bottom three. Now we did do this earlier, so if you're interested in what our beginning of the season predictions were, please do go back and listen to that. That's you know, see how much they've changed because it's been a difficult season to predict. You know, we we could sit here and say, these are the teams that are going to get relegated. This is the team that get promoted um, gets the European spots. That don't get promoted in the Premier League. Ross, come on, you know that, <laughs> um, you know, someone like Sheffield United could go on a 10 game winning streak. So it, it's been an odd season, a difficult one to sort of work out. Wasn't it Dan?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I'll be honest. I don't really remember what I said at the start of the season, but I can almost certainly say that it was almost all incorrect um, based off of how yeah. the season's gone. So, uh, you know, I think I think teams have definitely kind of settled in to how, th- how the rest of the is going to line up, but I still think there's yeah. going to be quite a few changes.
0: Yep. So let, let's start off with the relegation places, because I think this could be quite interesting. I think that, as much as I hate to say it, I think we can... We probably both agree that Sheffield United are going down, I've got them still rock bottom,
1: yeah, same I have as well, yeah
0: um unfortunately, their style of play has been I think it's been found out this season. I know they've been unfortunate with injuries, but I just don't see them getting off the bottom of the table
1: yeah i just I just think you know they've been a little bit unlucky, but I think they're just leaving it too late, and I just can't see them putting the form together to stay up. you know, I still like them, you know, I like the manager, but. think it's going to be too little too late regardless of what happens the rest of the season
0: yeah and i'm we i really did like sheffield united last season i'm I'm a little bit sad to see how poorly it's gone for them this season because they really it was a case of you know real underdog that came up punching and we're seeing that more and more from championship sides but in terms of the level of player that they've got at the club i would certainly say they're probably the biggest underdogs that came up in the last few seasons
1: yeah they've definitely not got the amount of quality that a lot of other teams have or have bought in once they've got promoted so i think you know for them they massively overachieved last season and unfortunately haven't yeah. been able to repeat it this time
0: yeah and you know I because th- i look at some championship teams you know i think norwich would do them, I think that, you know, probably any of the top seven championship teams would probably do this Sheffield United team, and maybe even more than that, maybe anyone in the top half, because you've got Norwich, who I think would do them, Swansea we know can be a good team, Bournemouth, I think would do them, I think Brentford would turn them over quite easily.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so yeah it's just a thoroughly overachieving mid-table championship team i think by the looks of the players in that squad apart from one or two
1: yeah i mean they may go on to prove us wrong but yeah i i I would agree with that
0: yeah um who've you got in
1: 19th um well i've uh, kept with west brom um again i just think they lack a little bit of quality and I know Big Sam's come in, but I don't know. I just I don't see him staying up. I don't think he's quite got enough to turn it all around.
0: Yeah, I mean I've agreed with you on West Brom, and I kind of agree that we know that Big Sam is a survival specialist. He he always you know December's his favourite time of the year because not only is it Christmas, he gets a job. Yeah. So, but this group of players again almost. I'm not convinced by them. I don't think they're at the right level. You know, they're the only other team to not be in double figures. They're three points behind Fulham, and Fulham have two games in hand on them. So, and Fulham are improving. They're get they're getting better from what they were at the beginning of the season. So I, I just don't see West Brom. You know, they have the it's their defence that's the issue because they've conceded 39 goals. Yeah. So yeah. without a without a defensive signing, one or two maybe big loan signings, I think they're going down, and I think it'll, it'll be, Sheffield United and West Brom. I think will be pretty far adrift of even 18th, let alone the safe positions.
1: Yeah, and I think even you know even with his history, you know it's been a while since Big Sam's you know managed in the Premier League. It's been a few years. He's been out of the game, and I think he's already complained about struggling to get players in. So i yeah. think you know it's going to be very difficult for him and i mean i, I do like west brom and i I'd, wouldn't mind being proved wrong but um no i think it'll be a, a bit too much of an ask for him
0: yeah and big sam's career never really t- it never recovered after the england situation did it
1: no it didn't and um, i mean i can't say i'm really surprised by that no i'm kind of surprised he got the english job in the first place but uh
0: yeah, it was. It was. Just, I think when Sam Allardyce was and that was English man, England manager. Everyone sort of thought, eh? Hey,
1: him? Yeah. Really? Kind of weird to go back to that time and think that that actually happened.
0: Big Sam, Big Sam is Mike Bassett, England manager in real life. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen that film, by the way, do go and watch it. It's fantastic. But um, yeah, it's, I just don't think they will stay up. Just, no. Again, I, it's, a similar situation to Sheffield. I just think that there's teams in the championship that would turn them over with relative ease.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree that they won't stay up.
0: Yeah. Um, This is where we might differ. It's 18th place.
1: Yeah,
0: I've gone I,
1: for... I, I think we might differ based off what you said last time. <laughs> I've gone for Brighton. Yeah, well, for me, it was a toss-up between Brighton and Fulham. And I've opted to go with Fulham instead of Brighton. Yeah um purely because yeah. i looked at a lot of um the fixtures coming up for fulham and um, they've still got an awful lot of the top teams to play i know we're kind of yep. at the halfway point but i think even the next three games are like liverpool City. you know they've got a lot of really difficult games coming up and um yeah i think it'll be a struggle for them and i know they've improved but i also think brighton are maybe underachieving. I think when I've seen Brighton play, they've done really well and I think been fairly unlucky in some of the games, especially against the top six. You know, you go back to the United game where they lost because of a, a penalty in the 96th minute or whatever it was after they pretty much battered them. So I think, yeah. you know, Fulham are improving, but I think Brian will improve as well. And I think, you know, even if they end up replacing Graham Potter or someone like, you know, bringing in more of a defensive coach, you know, I, I still think Ryan have got more quality in their squad and I think they should still stay up.
0: Well, see, I can understand what you're saying, but I don't think they'll replace Graham Potter. I think he's a good manager. You know, I, I he plays an attractive style of football and he's certainly bringing the best out of some of his players. Like, Lamptey looks really good. Um, Still young, has a couple of mistakes in him. But I think they need... I think they'll stick with the manager because of his style of play, but I think that's what'll bury him. Whereas Scott Parker at Fulham has adapted the way his team plays in order to um, in order to sort of sure the sh- ship up. They've, they've drawn the last four, so there's a bit of bit more solidity in there. Team, they, you know, they're not conceding last-minute goals or sloppy goals like they were at the beginning of the season, where they were frankly dreadful. Um, whereas Brighton, Brighton could get better, and their style of play would suggest that if they do get better, they're going to be a handful. But I don't see it. I just don't see them getting better. Yeah. Like their, their, their form's rocky at best. and Again, four draws and a loss, are so on the same form over the last five games as Fulham. But whereas Fulham was strung together four draws after a loss, Brighton lost in the middle of four draws. And I just think that shows that... It's, it's difficult to say, but I think that just shows that Brighton just maybe... Aren't going to get much better, and yeah. maybe their heads aren't in the right place to improve because they've, they've conceded more than Fulham in in and scored scored more. But I think their defense, is, when they ship goals, I just don't see them scoring at more to counter it. In a game, like I think it's going to be a case of if they concede two, they, they're probably only going to score one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know we're obviously recording this before you know the end of the January transfer window, so I think maybe the difference between these teams will probably come down to who does the better business in January, and um, you know I think if Brighton could get a striker that's going to score you know ten goals or something, that could be the difference in keeping them up, and. I I do agree that I think it's going to be tight. I just, you know, I go back to the games that I've watched of them, and I think Brighton always stick out in my mind as being fairly unlucky, whereas Fulham I've never really been that impressed by when I've actually watched them.
0: No, I... I, uh, I'd have to disagree with you. Again, you're making some compelling points, which is making it tricky for me, but I just think that Brighton, I just don't think they're at it. Ultimately, they just—it's—I just—I've got a gut feeling that they'll be the ones to go down, and Fulham will just scrape it. I mean, I'll, I'll put it put it down to probably goal difference. I mean, I mean, I know Brighton have the bet, better goal difference at the moment, but as like I say, Fulham have got two games in hand, and I think that they might actually be capable of, capable of winning a game at some point, whereas Brighton are looking a bit ropey in that department.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be tight, but um, I think just. Brian, you know, being in the Premier League a couple of seasons now, I think maybe that like, little bit of experience might just edge it for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, and as you say about Fulham's next three fixtures in the league, they've got Spurs, then Chelsea, then United, and then Brighton.
1: Yeah. So that, that could so, very well define the season.
0: Yeah. um, But having said that, maybe those three teams, they probably are taking three three straight losses. Yeah, but if we look at Brighton's January fixtures, they've got Manchester City, then Leeds, and then they play Fulham, and then they've got Tottenham. So Brighton haven't got an easy run in either, or an easy January. So, and all of those teams, depending on what Leeds team decides to show up, apart from the you know excluding the Fulham game, you'd expect Brighton to be taking three losses through January as well so i think it's going to be tricky
1: yeah i don't know i think i think we can you know agree to disagree on this one yeah i think you know definitely be to, close, i so. think yeah
0: yeah well while we disagree on the brighton fulham situation let's see if perhaps there's a little more agreement in our top seven so do you want to take let's start from seventh and work our way up who have you gone for seventh dan
1: uh so in seventh i've gone for everton
0: Okay. I, I mean, I've gone for Southampton, but talk us through why you've gone for Everton.
1: Um, well, for me, it was kind of a, a toss-up between them and Southampton. Um, I think, you know, two good teams. Um, Southampton may be overachieving a bit more than Everton are. But for me, I think there's more quality in the Everton squads. And I think Ancelotti is a manager. has got far more experience, you know, at, at the higher level. And I think that'll kind of give them the edge over Southampton to just get into that last kind of... Is that Europa League? Is that seventh?
0: I believe Europa League is seventh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if the Europa League two is happening anymore or not, but yeah, definitely it's it's a European competition.
0: Yeah. Um. See, I've gone for Southampton because I think that they're actually playing better football than Everton at the moment. I think they're better to watch. Everton have gone. They're not quite the sort of free-scoring, all-action team we saw at the beginning of the season, whereas Southampton. It's been, I don't think there's been much of a dip in form, if any at all, since the beginning of the season. They've perhaps got better. And I think pulling off a 1-0 win at Liverpool was a pointer to that because it shows more they're more defensively aware. They're able to really um, close out the win, whereas Everton sometimes just look a bit shaky at the back, even with you know a mastermind. At the helm in Ancelotti, I still think that Southampton perhaps are looking a bit of a better team, the finished art closer to the finished article of Ralph Hasselhuthel system. Um, yeah, I think they'll pip Everton.
1: Yeah, potentially. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we saw Everton go into the transfer window as well and bring in some more quality. I think it's you know part of a larger project there with Ancelotti. Mm. So, um, you know, I think again it, it'll I think it'll be close between the two of them. I just think Everton's got more quality in that squad and. I think on their day, they can be the better team.
0: I think if these two teams have have a game against each other coming up, I think that might be the decider.
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, there's so much football played, and there's yeah. been so many points dropped that team shouldn't drop. So yeah, it's it's so hard to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's certainly close, isn't it? Um, for sixth,
1: I've gone for Chelsea. I, I've also gone for Chelsea.
0: Oh, well, I wonder how close we are going to be and what we think. Um, Chelsea are rocky in terms of their form, aren't they? Sometimes they look really good and then sometimes they look awful. Um, I don't think they've got the quality to beat out any of the top five at the moment, who I have as my top five. Um, I suspect it's the same five teams between us two, just in a different order. Yeah, probably. So... What do you think Chelsea would need to turn that around?
1: Um, different manager, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. You know, I think Lampard's. I mean, I like him, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if he did get sacked. Um, especially if they do finish sixth, I think he will get sacked. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that you know they have some really quality players, and they, they've they spent so much money on that squad that they're just they are kind of underachieving, and I think, I think maybe. You know, it might come down to whether or not they change the manager before the end of the season. Because um, I don't think he's getting the best out of that team.
0: No, I mean, certainly we see he plays Havertz out of position. Werner has played out of position at times, although he is supposedly as comfortable out on the left as he is through the centre. Um, Ziyech hasn't featured as much. I know he's had his injury problems, but again, when he has played, he's not been superb and defensively they they've tightened up with the with mendy and Thiago silva but they're not still not quite at it at times are they
1: yeah they're a bit of a they look lost a lot of the time you know they have tightened up a bit but then when they've tightened up they've lost all their impotence going forward you know they're just i don't know they're just such a a nothing team to me right now i just you know i i have no interest in watching chelsea which I know it doesn't decide whether a team's going to be good or not, but I yeah, I think they'll probably lose to most of the top four, and yeah. they're dropping points for other teams as well. So yeah, I, I don't predict they're going to do much better unless they have a you know a drastic change of fortune, or they spend another 200 million in January.
0: Which we know Abramovich could do, but will he? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I think even with this year with COVID and everything, they'd be a bit silly too.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, moving swiftly on then. For fifth, who have you gone for?
1: Um. I've actually gone with uh, Leicester in fifth. So have I. Oh, even more similar than we thought.
0: Yeah. Um. Again, Leicester is one of the. I could not I couldn't put Leicester into my top four because of who I've got in the top four. I think that top four are another level up from where Leicester are.
1: Yeah. Um. That was the same for me.
0: I think that when Leicester play really well, they can trouble, really seriously trouble the top four. But I still think that if they come up against anyone that I've put in the top four and that team is playing well, I just don't think Leicester's best is quite at it. And We saw that last season where when they came up against a top side performing well, even when they sat deep, they were still conceded. And then they couldn't get out because they they were boxed in and I, s- I still think that's can happen, even with the you know, Jamie Vardy still being on great form, Harvey Barnes playing really well, and the you know, the emergence of Wesley Fafana at the back line. I just not entirely sure that Leicester are quite yet yeah, just at top four, four level.
1: Yeah, no, I I'd agree with most of that. I think you yeah, know, you just look at the last season of how they kind of collapsed in the second half of the season. I think maybe that's maybe a little bit hesitant to put them in the top four. Um, I think of how well they've done so far, they should definitely get fifth. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe got into that fourth slot, if maybe another team had a bunch of injuries or, you know, had a collapse of their own. But I think it's just, you know, there's part of a larger project at Leicester. And I think they're building towards being a top four team, but they're just not quite there yet for me.
0: Yeah. I don't think they quite have the squad depth for it just yet either. You know, if, if they lose Jamie Vardy to injury, their backup is Kalecchi Inacho, who I don't think is up to the task as a yeah. as a main man, you know, a, a top level striker. He's not quite at it. Yeah, he's I'd a good he's a good sort of fifth to tenth in the league level striker. He's you know, he'd be a key man for one of those teams, but I don't think he's has the ability to make that step up. Um, yeah, there's a if,
1: reason Man City let him go. You know, he's, he's yeah. not at that level.
0: And if Barnes or Madison gets injured as well, they lose, you know, a strong creative player. And I, again, I just don't see a player who can quite replicate what they can do for Leicester.
1: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with all that.
0: So, yeah, again, I think we're agreed. Fifth is probably where Leicester are going to, you know, Probably gonna finish. Again, season of shocks, but this is this is, you know, I think we I got a feeling we might be on to something with that one. Yeah. That's how confident I am in backing that. Wait till <laughs> the end of the season for them to make me look stupid. Uh fourth, I've got Spurs.
1: I've also got Spurs. Ooh, three in a row.
0: Um again, much of the same Spurs. I'd say are still kind of in a rebuild. In certain like they're at the very back end of a rebuild where they're not so much in terms of players the actual members of the playing squad, I think in terms of mentality as a team. Um you know, their heads definitely went when they lost the Champions League final. And I think this season Mourinho has fixed that. But again, Spurs, you just look at it in terms of form and the players they have in reserve, if there's if there's key injuries, there's not too much there. You know, Bale isn't really at it anymore. Carlos Vinicius has covered for Kane. Okay, he scored a hat trick against Marine, but what else has he done?
1: Yeah, yeah um, no, I I agree. I, I just think you kind of like we mentioned earlier. I think Mourinho will definitely want to win a trophy, and I think that might cost them. You know, competing for the Premier League title is how deep they go into the Europa League or FA Cup and League Cup and having to deal with those extra fixtures, I think, would definitely make it harder for them to compete for the title. But, yeah, you know, I, I think finishing fourth would be good for Spurs, you know, getting them back in the Champions League and if they could do that and add one or, you know, even two trophies, I think that'd be fantastic for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think to get back in the top, be comfortably in the top four as well, um, and win an FA Cup or a League Cup or perhaps even both, I think that would be a fantastic season for Spurs.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree.
0: So we'll move sw- swiftly on again to third. I have gone for Manchester City.
1: Really? Okay. Um, I've got, I've gone with uh, Manchester United.
0: Oh, okay. Right, this is an interesting one. Why have you gone for United over City in third?
1: Um, I well, I'll get on to where I could see later on Um, but uh, United, I think you know, I I know they're in a title race right now and they could very well be top of the league um, if they win their game in hand but I think, you know, Solskjaer's come out this morning and said that they're not going to really be signing anyone in January and I think that will cost them because I think if they get a couple injuries you know, that team suddenly doesn't look as good, you know, if they lose Bruno Fernandes, they might not even get top four, you know (laughs) <laughs> you say yeah. that about harry kane at spurs or some of the other players but i think yeah you know it's a huge risk for them and i think they are maybe on a bit of a hot streak right now but i don't know i'm just not that impressed by them you know currently and i think there's better teams than them i mean they're still finished yeah. third which is fantastic um considering where they have been in recent years but yeah i just i'm i'm not really convinced their title chances quite yet
0: yeah, I mean I I'm, I'm in your argument and here's my counter to why City will come third. The upturn in form that City have seen at the moment is built on a partnership of Ruben Diaz and John Stones who it's really good to see that he's back in brilliant form. Um, attacking wise the City are on an upwards trend, they're getting better. But they're still in a re. They're still in a rebuild, you know. That we saw David Silverley leave. We've seen Vincent Company leave in the last couple of seasons. Fernandinho is, I imagine, is going to get moved on soon. I think Aguero is probably coming to the end of his time at City. You know, as as they're getting older, they're getting more injuries, and I think you know Raheem Sterling isn't firing on the level that he was uh, last season, and I think that'll let City down. I think. key key members of the squad for so many years either aren't there or aren't at the level they were last season. So whereas they might get a chance that they would have finished last season, perhaps they miss it this season. I think just those little moments going forward, like their attackers not being at the same levels they were last season, I think that'll just cost them.
1: You see, I would have said that maybe like a month or two ago, but I think having watched most of their recent games, I think they have kind of turned the corner from that and are looking... I don't even think they look like the City of old. I think they look like a, a different kind of City that's more, I don't want to say ruthless, but they're more solid at the back and maybe they don't have that free-flowing football, but there's less of a naivety about City, I think, now. And I think they look like a a more kind of frightening team again. You know, the, the big thing I always used to say about Man City under Guardiola was that I always expected them to win every single game. And I think they'd lost that at the start of this season. But watching them, like, their last three or four games, I, I would not want to play them. I think they'd beat every team in the country right now.
0: Yeah, I think... I, I'm i dreading Liverpool playing them. Um, but I think to describe the old style of City as naive, is maybe a bit...
1: Well, I meant how they were uh, at the start of the season.
0: Oh, at the start of the season, you, potentially, I think they got un- they were unlucky in some games, but certainly they did leave themselves open. There was a lack of pressing in the midfield that allowed other teams to dictate and control a game, which is what City usually do themselves. Um,
1: yeah, well, I just go back to when they played Spurs at the start of the season and they just kind of passed the ball around and they had a lot of possession, but didn't really do much with it. Whereas City now, are, you know, they have a lot of you know, stuff that they actually do with the ball. And that's what they used to do. Yep. Whereas, you know, so it was not just possession for possession's sake. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, City, again, but I still don't think, despite scoring a lot of goals, where their goal's coming from. They're not coming from a central striker or their sort of key attacking players. They're coming from sort of the more creative midfield players. And I think there's a difference between a creative midfield player like Foden, like De Bruyne. I mean, De Bruyne's on a different level. You can probably count him out. But someone like Foden, who's still a young player, um, Raheem Sterling, not performing to his usual level. If you had a a fit and firing Aguero to add to that, you would put once put on every chance to ever drop to anyone because you know he's going to score. And they haven't got a fit of firing Aguero. And I don't think that... Gabriel Jesus is at that level either. And I think, just think that there will be chances where they need someone like Aguero to take, to be there in that position. And having Aguero in there will create more because he'll, he'll get into better positions. And I think that's what will cost him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I just think, you know, if he's fully fit again in the end of the team or if they go out in January and buy one, you know, a good striker. Which, you know, C can always do. I, I think they'll be very lethal and I just think, you know, we're so used to C scoring four or five goals a game that now that they're only, you know, scoring two or three, they they don't seem as good. And I think, mm. you know, they definitely were poor at the start of the season. But like I said, I just think they've turned a the corner and yeah, I I think they'll finish very high.
0: Yeah. I mean I think we'll have to again disag agree to disagree on this one. Um and then move on to second, where I can only assume that you have put City and you know, I've put United.
1: Uh, no, I've put Liverpool in at second. So... Oh, OK. I, th- yeah. I think City are going to win the title.
0: You think City are going to take the title? OK. We'll, we'll get on to that in a minute, because I have United in second and Liverpool holding on to first. Um, United, I th- I'm in second purely because, as we say, just a bit of a depth issue. They're in a title race at the moment. But as we say, with no no one coming in January, I think they'll have enough to hold, by that position and maybe fend off the teams below them because of the way the season is going. But I don't think if they that they'll be able to overtake United, uh, overtake Liverpool rather. Then, especially with the two playing each other at the weekend, I don't think they'll have the quality if they get lose any key player to injury.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that.
0: Whereas Liverpool, again, we've always said that Liverpool have a lack of quality in depth. But Liverpool, the way Liverpool play, while they undoubtedly have some star players, I think Liverpool's system can cover for a lack of technical ability. And I think that is what will win them the title, maybe hold on to it. And maybe it's because I'm a biased Liverpool fan as well.
1: Um, Um, I mean, for me, I I just think they had terrible injuries at centre-back and I don't think they're going to end up buying a a centre-back from what I've heard. I just don't think the money's there for them. I think that'll be a huge blow to them. And watching their last few games, I think, unlike Man City, who I've said have turned a corner and looked a lot better, I think Liverpool have looked a lot, lot worse the last month or so. I've been really disappointed in them whenever I've watched them play. They dropped points that they shouldn't really be dropping. And maybe, you know, Salah and people will reclaim that form. But I think, you know, right now, I think a lot of the top teams would probably beat Liverpool. Um, And, you you know, I like Liverpool, I like Klopp, I like watching them play, but I just think they're on a bit of a bad run and I wouldn't be surprised if that went on a bit longer and... They maybe, you know, had a bit of a dip. You know, I still think they're going to finish second, and I'm sure it'll be close, but I don't know. Just right now, I just have a feeling that City are going to pit them to the title.
0: Mm, You know, we've already discussed City a fair bit. Um, I think think it's unfair to say Liverpool... I mean, they've not been great, let's face it. They've been pretty terrible. They've been... Yeah, I'd give them a solid four out of ten. Which, you,
1: don't, you don't win titles on four out of tens.
0: No, but you got to say that most of their issues, despite the defensive frailties, it's the fact that in certain games they just don't look like scoring. You know, if it gets if it gets to the 40, If you get to half time and they haven't scored. It's difficult to actually imagine them scoring because they won't play any differently, will they?
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like like. And it's not like they can go out and buy anyone better because they've got you know Salah, Mane and Firmino up front still. It's not like any of them are injured. And you know, if they're not scoring, you know, you're going to bring on Shakiri Is he really going to make a difference? Maybe in a couple of games, but I don't think he's going to make a big enough difference across the course of a season. Same with Origi. Um, I don't think they have enough quality and depth to come in and replace those players when they're not scoring. I don't think they can go out and buy people to replace them. I think Look, if they're not scoring, and Liverpool are you know, weak at the back still, then it's going to be tough for them to really go on a winning run that's going to be good enough to win a tile. And I think City right now are, are going to go on the beginning of a run that could lead them to the title.
0: I see. And, <sighs> oh, I don't like hearing that, Dan.
1: I mean, th- this whole that's season a... we've been saying the team that's going to win the title is the team that can put some form together. Yeah, I'm looking at those teams, and the only team I can see being consistent is City, based off how good they've been the last couple of games. And I was watching a, a Gary Neville podcast, which isn't really a podcast, but they do on Sky Sports um, YouTube channel, and he said that watching them against Chelsea, he felt that Guardiola had made them set a standard in that game, and that's what they did before. You know, they set a standard of that's how you perform every week. And that's how they performed yeah. when they played United in the Cup afterwards. But I think now that they've set that standard again, they're not going to drop from it.
0: Yeah, I mean I can understand that, but I think I just think they might. There's been games where they've looked better. Some, you know, when they've won, they've won well. There's been those scrappy one nilla that I can remember, but then they drop off. So I, I don't know. Is I think it's more of a case of. How long they hold the stand for, if they do win the title as you predict, it, if it's can they hold it that long anymore?
1: Yeah, I mean, like um, at the start of the season, I, I thought they were done. I thought Guardiola would probably move on at the end of the year, but yeah. I think they've just turned that corner now. And you look at the table right now, and they have two games in hand. And if they win both yeah. of those, then they will be maybe top. Depends if United win their game in hand, but they'll be above Liverpool at least.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Liverpool and United and how that might affect City in the title race, the two of them are playing each other at the weekend. It's the only game we've picked out as a sort of a marquee match to uh, for us to predict. So, Dan, which way do you see this one going?
1: Uh, Well, controversially, because you know I think Liverpool are a better team than United, Um, but I do think on current form, United are on a good run, and I could see them beating Liverpool. I think, you know, over the years, you know, even when Liverpool have been a much better I've uh, been a lot better than United, United have still got results against them. I know that didn't happen last season, but a couple of seasons before that I always remember, you know, I think one scored a couple of goals against them and won a game when Liverpool were much better than United, but they still got the results. So I think United might are gonna win it. I think they're gonna win it by two goals to one, which is the most yeah. common scoreline that everyone goes for. Um yeah I think that they will win.
0: Will there be a Bruno Fernandes penalty in this game?
1: Uh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. I reckon <sighs> it would be like Rashford and Bruno scoring probably. Yeah. Got a bet on that. I mean
0: I'm going to actually, I'm going to call this one as a draw simply because I can't bring myself to give United a win. Um as we say Liverpool've been terrible. Um United have looked really good. They str- struggled a bit against Watford in the FA Cup, um, only winning one nil. Uh, just, uh,
1: I just—I don't think they really struggled though. It was more the case that they just didn't really get those extra goals.
0: I—I just—I think that a top team in the cup should be pushing for those goals, regardless. You know, you don't want just a a, a bore or a one because then it just becomes a training exercise to score a goal and then keep them out, and that—that's risky. For any team, because that's I think that's the joy of English football, particularly in the Premier League and the Championship. It doesn't matter if you're the big boy. If you are not one, if you are on your game, if you aren't taking it too seriously, if the other tu- if the other team turn it on, you're in trouble. Um, I think that's, I mean, they you know, still
1: that's won one. the game one 0 though.
0: Yes, but I just think that that's maybe a little bit of complacency from United. You know, that's not a game that oh, I don't know if. A one-nil win should be as satisfying if they had opportunities to create more. You know, if they could have scored more, they probably should have.
1: I don't know. I think it's just that I don't think they really cared that much. I know they made quite a few changes. I mean, they played Donny Van der Beek, so that's how you know it was pretty much a changed side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. They're they're playing their forgotten man.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think the Cup games will have much of a bearing on how, you know, Liverpool-United goes. I think it would just be, you know, United sit back like they normally do, try and counter-attack against the big teams, and I think Liverpool's defensive issues will see them struggle against that, I think. And I think a lot of it could depend on who plays at the back for Man United. I know they've got a couple injuries to Lindelof, potentially, and maybe Eric Bailly, but I don't know, I think if maguire and eric by play then i think they'll probably get the win
0: well we will have to wait and see on that result As again me and dan disagreeing over the results of these games having a few disagreements today but and we're gonna have to see how it plays out the weekend aren't we
1: yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it. it'll be a good game you know it's good to have these yeah. teams both be at a good level
0: yeah and If you want to follow us along on Twitter during the game, we will be active, I'm sure, during the game and some other football matches uh, throughout the week. So please do interact with us. The handle to our Twitter will be in the description of this podcast episode. Until then, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you later.